0: Okay, welcome back. This is our final regular season episode of the North and Gold podcast. We've got a, a little game to recap and then kind of a half preview. We'll do a bowl game episode, a bowl game preview, but this is this week is a little bit unfair because only one of our teams has a, a game coming up.
1: Yep, yep. I uh, Welcome back. I am Jake, also known as The Mighty Alaskan Ute on Twitter.
0: Yeah, oh, I forgot to introduce myself. If anyone's yeah. wondering, uh, my name is Benji. And I go by Alaskuton at Alaskuton.
1: Yes, sir. So, uh, what do you think, my man? Episode. This is this is uh, not only is it a rivalry recap, it's a championship week preview. Yeah. It's also it's also a regular season recap. I I went back and I listened to episode one, some of our predictions. Oh, good. uh, want to talk a little bit about that
0: yeah awesome I, sh- I should have done that no i think it's really cool because it, of all the rival green rivalry games we've ever had i mean historically i'm sure you could go back and find times that they have tied but it's really rare that you have
1: both teams win <laughs> yep and it didn't happen again this time so <laughs> it's what? pretty exciting i've been reading lies <laughs> yes you have no ck it's okay if You know, if you want, I mean, if you've got to protect your psyche and believe you one, I'll go along with you, Ben. (laughs) It
0: drives me nuts. I wish they would word things differently. And I wonder if they do it because of the reaction. There's a lot of moral victories to take away for BYU fans from this game. This was not a shutout. This was not a demoralizing loss. It was a heartbreaking loss. But let's not call it a win, as some news outlets are doing. Not, dude. Not aren't they, quite, aren't I mean.
1: they all? Aren't they all heartbreaking losses? If you think about it, I mean, I think about specifically how close this this rivalry has been in the last twenty five years. Okay, yeah. I even think about Utah's last four losses. They were excruciatingly painful. You have two thousand nine yeah. in overtime, where Max Hall said everybody associated with the U is going to the. Outer darkness. You had 2007 where we we had fourth and 18 and you completed a long pass to Colley. You had 2006 Uh where Harleen was open in the end zone the last play of the game. You had 2001 where Utah's up 21 10 with four minutes left and Staley ran it twice down the sideline. And Uh you even had 2000 where another Lavelle's last game where another last second win. Dude, even 1998, the doink game (laughs) off the uprights, the the last six losses Utah has experienced. Yeah, Yeah. dude, the last six losses Utah's experienced have been just crushing. So, like, that's the Utah side, and I can see how this loss would have been. I mean, if I had been up 20 points with one minute left in the third and lost, (laughs) I would never get over it either. I I feel your pain. No, that's the difference, though. You would never
0: get over it, and your fan base would never get over it because a BYU fan has no excuse to be really upset at this loss. If you're really upset at this loss, did you just barely join us? Like this is what we do. Like you should be used to this by now. This team will break your heart and you'll come back. It's an abusive relationship. If you're seriously if you, it really is emotionally affecting you, you, you stop. It's just I'm not kicking you out of the fan base. I'm just saying we should we should know how to cope by now. If nothing else BYU will teach you how to cope.
1: Well, dude, easier said than done because once you get out, those you get up, you get a lead and you're feeling the juices flowing. It's hard to hard it to is. just step back and say, Oh well, they're gonna break my heart, so I'm not you, gonna be bothered by it.
0: You don't follow Twitter during the game, so I gotta fill you in on how that went for me.
1: No, I don't because some I, I do it sometimes during basketball season because I'm watching the game from home. Most football yeah. games I'm there. One, it's bad reception, so I don't even attempt it. Two, I know I'll say something in the heat of the moment <laughs> that I'll regret. Yeah. And it'll be salt salty language. But so, yeah, so I don't do – I do not – I sign off at of Twitter about an hour before the game, and then I check back in when I get home, when yeah. I'm listening to their the post-game show.
0: I, I had some gems. So this was the thing. I My kids were watching this game with me. A lot of games they don't. You know, they'll go play Minecraft, and they're content. We've got treats in the house because it's game day, but they don't really – follow that closely this game they did they were watching most of it you know it was just before their bedtime and we're a couple hours behind here so um they were able to watch a lot of it and, and watch the whole thing with me and uh first half i mean the entire first half they were like this is awesome we're gonna win we're gonna win and i'm like you know this is awesome but we're probably still going to lose. And I just kept reminding them, like, I, I didn't dare. I didn't. I wanted to protect them from the pain I have known as a BYU fan. So I kept telling them, yes, this is fun, but we're probably going to lose. This is great, but we're probably going to lose. And then the funniest thing is I my oldest, he was paying attention, and I think he, like, bought in because as soon as they had the pick six run back in for a touchdown, he looks at me, he's like, now we're gonna lose. And I was so mad at him. I was like <laughs> <laughs> I was just, don't say that. You know, I was but the funny <laughs> thing is like I told him I was sorry. I'm like, no, 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 I get it. Yeah, like that's what I've been saying all night. He and yeah, all he basically doing.
1: repeated everything you've been saying, and you got mad at him for it. But it was in the It's moment. like that drug commercial. <laughs> you are right. I learned it by watching you. I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> no, we didn't really that wasn't
0: that bad of a, a rift in our relationship, but it really made me upset to hear him say it at that moment because i was mad at that moment It's <laughs> yeah. like not wanting to hear it but the funny thing too so this this son this particular son loves fireworks does fireworks for everything it's just an obsession of his and so he stockpiles them and, and we've got like snow everywhere legally you can light fireworks whenever in alaska it's not a big deal so we got fireworks and at halftime he's like let's go light a few and i'm like I'm like, yeah, we can do this and this. And, then, and he's like, and we can light bigger ones after the game if BYU wins. I'm like, yeah, but they might not, you know. And he's like, should we light the big ones now? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how I feel about lighting huge fireworks for a halftime But we went outside, and we enjoyed celebrating that halftime lead. And looking back, I'm so glad we did. And so that's why I put out there on Twitter, when life gives you a moment of happiness, you need to grab that moment, and you need to make sweet, sweet love to it while it's within your reach. Because you never know when it's going to leave you forever. <laughs>
1: Did you see that, I don't know if you saw that video recap of the game that included scenes from Dumb and Dumber? I heard about that. You had to click to Facebook. Was, I didn't actually click through. It was pretty through. hilarious because like it would show a, p- a highlight from the, from the game and then a, a highlight from... Dumb and Dumber. So, for example, it showed the first touchdown pass for BYU, and then Jim Carrey saying, "So you're telling me there's a chance." <laughs> and then at halftime, it it had the BYU logo, like is in the locker room, in the scene where he has that dream, where he's everyone's laughing, he's throwing <laughs> stuff in his face, make Okay, it said BYU locker room at halftime, and then nice. you gotta watch it. It's it's pretty. Yeah, funny. Yeah, when when the hurt subsides, go watch that. It's pretty funny. So that's pretty oh, cool. That's that every funny. time BYU scored, you tell your son. They were going to lose. Did you also interlace it with, with stories about Santa not being real, too? You're an, all, you're an awesome dad, man. That's great. No, I just, you know, if you know
0: something bad is just around the corner, and I knew the happier we get, the harder we're going to come down. And, gosh, I really wanted to be wrong, you know? And someone else put this out. They were like, for three quarters I lived. I really lived. Like that, <laughs> That's the thing. It was heartbreaking, but here's the thing. What is this now? Eight? This is eight. I can't act like I don't know. We've been hearing is <laughs> coming for like a billion <laughs> years now. This was eight. So what percentage is that? That's like half of 25%. That's like 12.5%. So this is like 12.5% more sucky than it was before the game. That's not a big deal. If this, from your side, though, if the streak would have ended, it'd be a big deal. That's 100% more sucky than you were a week
1: ago. Like yeah, I, no, I feel like B- we should be able to handle this because we do it all the time. You know well dude here's the thing I said this all right I told I said whenever we do end up losing it's gonna be freaking miserable yeah. because a it's a huge streak but b we won and then everyone was tweeting like we lost like oh yeah. <laughs> Zach Wilson that's we basically won and look how many yeah. more points we hit, we scored on the the freshman scored there and like we I feel like we won like it's just like dude whenever we do lose it's gonna suck
0: it the, the byU fans I've seen have been <laughs> All over the map right now. We've got people that are still like, from top to bottom, Tom Homo needs to go and Kalani needs to go and clean house and all that. And then you got, I mean, I find myself in the latter group saying, hey, and you you listened. You, you can tell me, what did I say preseason? What was my expectations and what was my prediction?
1: Okay. You know what? I did listen to episode one. You said, when we talked about expectations, you said six and six. Yes. And you said anything over six and six, is gravy, but I expect six and six. You said there's so many things to change. You just change a couple of them. It'll all be good. And dude, you nailed it. You said six and six was your prediction. That's exactly what happened.
0: So that if you take the long view, if you take the big perspective and say, where was this program a year ago? Where are they now? What did they do this against? Where are these teams that we lost to? How quality of losses are they? How Good of wins are they? I don't think BYU is in a bad place. And I think that it looks like they're in a bad place. And again, the way we got there kind of sucks. You know, we beat teams I didn't think we'd beat, but we lost to some teams that they're better than they look on paper. NIU comes to mind. That's not as bad of a loss as it feels like. So the way we got here was uncomfortable. So I can understand why people are frustrated. But if you take the big picture, if you really put yourself in Tom Homo's shoes and not just saying we need to get rid. It's easy to fire someone. I mean, if you're a jerk and like firing people, (laughs) me having fired people, it's actually really hard to fire somebody. That's a very hard (laughs) conversation to have. But in theory, it's easy to fire somebody. What do you do after that? What's your next step? And if you don't have that next step, good grief. I mean, uh, those of you saying let's get rid of Tom Homo. Who's better than Tom? Who are you gonna get that's gonna be like, oh, here's everything Tom Homo did wrong, and we're just gonna magically do it better? Like he, Tom Homo, in my opinion, has done a phenomenal job, and would be really, really, really difficult to improve upon what he's done.
1: Yep, I agree. In fact, it, it's hard real life to fire people, like you said. Um, and and I I I, I say this with the caveat that I've been saying fire Larry Christoviact this week. You know, so uh, I understand yeah, yeah. I've seen some of that. Fa- yeah. the fans get that way. But, I mean, dude, it, mm. it's not just like, okay, boom, let's replace you with you and let's go. There's there's real lives you're affecting. There's assistant mm. coaches, families, kids, freaking administration, recruiting. It's like resetting everything and building yeah. a new company all over again. Seriously. With all the people yeah. you're going to have to hire and displace, et cetera. So it's... It's really hard to, to do it. So especially when the person under question is such an awesome guy like oh, Kalani yeah. Satake. It makes it even worse and a terrible mm-hmm. discussion to have. But dude, I, 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 I'm 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 on the side that people should be given more time to work things out. Mm-hmm. I've been backing Larry Kristoviak for eight years and mm-hmm. the numbers just don't dictate that he should have a job still. Right. right. My opinion. But I, I think people need to be given extra time. People wanted to get rid of wit really bad. Mm-hmm. After his second back-to-back five and seven season, and I kept saying, "Listen, we went from the Mountain West to the Pac-12. There's going to be a ramp-up curve. There's going to yeah. be time to, to grow." And looking back now, the last five years, we've been ranked four out of the five years. We're now mm-hmm. the South champs, and next year looks to be even better than this yeah. year. So obviously, keeping wit was the right decision. You know, oh, it was yeah. the same type of thing. Yeah. Maybe maybe Sataki, dude, he's a first-time head coach. Maybe yeah. he needed two years, three years to figure out how to do it. And I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I the thing is, I get both sides because he's he's a 500 coach after three years. That's right. what his record says he is, right? Yeah. Um, well, I
0: think he's he's now with the Utah, loss just under 500, right? I thought maybe he was I 19 didn't... and 19, but oh, I could be wrong. okay. Yeah, yeah. I either saw that this week or last week that he was at exactly 500, and I was thinking it was last week, but maybe that was this week that I saw that. But yeah, overall, he's 500 now. To your point, if he's eight years out like Larry is, and he's at exactly 500 yeah i don't know if that's working out you know i yeah. i do expect part of me saying six and six is what i want from this year is the mindset that seven and five is what i want next year eight and four the year after that and so on now yeah. with the schedules they put together i lo- uh, and we could talk more about this previewing next year next year we've got four gimme wins we've got four probably losses and we've got four games up in the air there's room there to say, okay, six and six is the floor now, but I expect seven and five. We got to get at least one or two of those up in the air games. Yeah, you got to so,
1: trend the right way. You can't, you can't, you can't go right. nine and four, five or three and four, nine, six and six, six and six the, again. The thing you is, gotta, too,
0: we have to stand by what we're saying right now because what we, the BYU fans that drink the Kool Aid, are saying right now is, oh my goodness, Zach Wilson has moxie. This kid gets it. This kid is evasive. He's on target. He looks like a natural quarterback. Look at all of our young running backs. We've got Katoa. You know, we've got uh, just things look promising. Our receiving core is young. So if we mean that and if we buy into that, yes, that bar needs to be raised each year. And assuming they all stick around four years, four years from now, that, that's going to be a high bar. And we want to see, I mean, I won't say top 25 finish next year. I'd say if we're taking the real long view, I expect to be a top 25 finisher three, four years from now.
1: Okay. And, and that's, I
0: think we're going that direction. So I'm not firing anybody at this point. Maybe some of the you know personnel that are lower down on the food chain. But and let's, know, let's offensive, let's, defensive, let's, head coach, keep them all.
1: Let's throw in another another uh, monkey wrench, which makes it even more difficult in your situation, is dude, your, your coaching pool, you don't have a, a country to, to pick from. Like right. Utah, we can go get some up-and-comer in the MAC or yeah. some hot assistant coach. You guys have yeah. such a small um pool to pull from because you have to be an active LDS member of the church. So yeah. it's not like you can just throw one guy out and have a, a whole plethora of people to choose from. So you got to be yeah. more judicious. So the- I also, I agree, I would advocate sticking it out.
0: That's that's the thing that's, too. People treat it like this NBA trade machine, you know, where you can just plug in the yeah. pieces and say, look, it works. You can't be like, he's got a Temple recommend, he's got a Temple recommend, let's get them. Like, there's yeah. more to it than that. Some people are happy, and, and this is the thing that pains me to say as a BYU fan that other BYU fans don't get it. Some people are really happy not being at BYU, <laughs> and and that's fine. You don't have to work for BYU. It's not a calling. Mm-hmm. The prophet, to my knowledge, does not call and say, go work for BYU. You know, this is, yeah, this I, is like, I like the people that appealing. are
1: just, you're right. They, they, their only requirement is they got to be LDS. So they're like, dude, we can get Andy Reid as head coach, right. Daryl Bevell as offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, we could get Kyle Whittingham. Th- why don't we just do that? Duh. You yeah. know, like, it's like, duh. Two problems
0: on. with that one, they they won't do it. Two, even if they do it, that's still a toss up. Andy Reid, great, great, great NFL track record. You know, I'm not going to complain if he says, I'd like to spend my final 10 years at BYU. You know, great, welcome aboard. He might suck. He might be good at the NFL. We've seen a lot of NFL coaches not do well at college and vice versa. So that's still a toss-up. Yep. So, you know, Brother Reid is actually
1: – Brother Reed's in my uh, brother-in-law's ward in Kansas City. Oh, Andy really? Reed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so um, my mother-in-law visit teaches, or I guess ministers now, ministers yeah. – to Sister Reed, nice. and uh, so they have all kinds of cool stories. He comes, he'll come and sit in the back in his little red uh, Kansas City Chiefs pullover jacket, half-sleeve pullover jacket, on, yeah. and then leave right after sacrament on Sundays <laughs> to go to the, go to the games. <laughs> That's what, that
0: reminds me of a time uh, I was in the singles ward in St. Louis, and sitting by this dude and one of the old men in the bishoprics, like, asking him about two-a-days or something like this, and then after church, my buddy's like, I think that guy plays for the Rams, and I'm like, wait, that place for them. And I realized I was sitting right next to Chris Cooley, and had no idea all through Elder's Quorum,
1: he like, ah, was nice. right next to me. <laughs> nice. My wife did. I go off on these dumb stories. Yeah, my wife yeah, went on a couple right. dates with a uh, couple dates with John Tate when he played for oh, the yeah. Chiefs. Yeah, they were the same singles ward, and he picked yeah. her up a couple times in his Escalade and took her out on a couple dates, and boom, she could have married an NFL millionaire, but she's, <laughs> she stepped her game up and married. A Twitter mogul. <laughs> Does that make you feel cool? <laughs> I,
0: I love my my current wife. My, I say it, man. That sounds Your so bad wife. if I say current wife. Dang yeah. it, my only wife I've ever had and plan on ever mm-hmm. having. I love my wife, but there was a girlfriend I had, and after we've been dating for a while, I realized that she broke up with a basketball player uh, to date me, and I was just like, whoa. whoa! I'm like way cooler than I thought I was. Like that instantly like, elevated my stock,
1: right? Like a real basketball player, or, uh, ben, or like a, a high schooler. Bas- he, he had minutes. Bas- he got minutes. Was it? Was no, it high school at or Utah college? State? At oh, Utah State okay. was
0: a legit on the team player. And I didn't like that's the thing is I was just asking her out like flirting I didn't know they were even a thing until like we'd been dating for a month or two Dude, and she I realized like J C th-
1: Carroll for you, bro? That's incredible. <laughs> we'll just that's say awesome. that.
0: Who's the most famous, <laughs> biggest, best looking? Uh, yeah, just whatever you're imagining. That's probably him. He's the
1: only one I can think of, Jason Carroll. <laughs> All right, hey. So let's let's recap the the game itself. We talked a little bit. Yeah. Picture talked about dating NFL players. Let's so the <laughs> game. Let's start. Okay. So let's go through your emotions and my emotions kind of simultaneously, so you yeah. can see the ups and downs. Okay. First quarter. What were you thinking?
0: I, I just I didn't want to wake up. I loved what I saw because BYU showed up believing in themselves. They showed up with. With confidence. They looked like they belonged on the field. Like they truly they looked amazing and everybody was doing their part. Like that's the thing where BYU has struggled this year, is they'll after the game they'll be like, Well, we had a bad week of practice. And there's been times when people just the effort isn't there. They don't show up. Goodness gracious, this the effort was there. They were focused. They were sharp. They were disciplined. I loved everything about the first quarter.
1: Okay. So first quarter for me, I think it was BYU's first drive. They went three and out and punted. And mm-hmm. uh, Utah, they've done this like f- seriously like four times this season where they yeah. accidentally touched the punt, and I yeah. couldn't freaking believe it. Same type of thing. It was a bad punt. He shanked it, and Jamison Field accidentally picked hit it, and BYU picked it up. And I told yeah. looked at my brother. I was like, "We can't freaking do that. You make mistakes like that. That's how any team can beat any team." And right. sure enough, on that next drive, BYU scored a touchdown to go up six nothing because they missed the extra point. Yeah, yeah, and you can't do and that it either. was it was. It was a whole new ball game, and it was six nothing. We couldn't move the ball, and boom, they went up thirteen nothing. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Okay, so that's the first quarter. Second quarter, your thoughts?
0: But more of the same. I, I like the now. I don't have the play by play in front of me right now, so you might have to guide me through this. Let's do your thoughts first on the second quarter. This okay, is Okay, like second quarter. Positions.
1: Second quarter. Yeah, it, we uh, we we stopped a couple drives, but then BYU scored again right before <clears throat> halftime to go up 20 nothing at halftime mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe what was going on I first I thought okay we're starting slow they're in it but uh we'll we'll come back and we'll 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 make this a game at that point we just couldn't move the freaking ball you shut us down all first half nobody was doing anything offense defense you guys were moving the ball on us uh you had there's one I mean that that third touchdown was pretty because there's like I think it was second or third down and uh, Wilson hit your freshman tight end Holker over the middle, yeah. Oh, yeah, down that to, like was a over one. the linebacker in between a safety, it was like yeah. beautiful, and it was down to the goal line. I was like, Oh my freaking crap, we cannot stop them! And you scored 20 nothing. I was like, Dude, it's yeah. over, we're not gonna win this. This is terrible.
0: I, I felt at that time like that going into the locker room 13-0 was gonna be a loss for sure. I thought if we can get it to 20-0, there's a chance that our defense can just gut this victory out. Even though the offense had been basically flaw I don't want to say flawless, no one ever plays flawless. The offense had exceeded expectations. I still knew we got to take it we can't not capitalize. If we capitalize, I think we got this. And I didn't say that to my kids, but inside I thought, yeah, you can tell him Santa's not real.
1: There. Yeah. Santa's not real, kids. I was don't right
0: though. Me. It wasn't it yeah, I was I was right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So okay, half-time. so at so at halftime, half-time. Your Time. 100.
1: I normally what I do at half. No, seriously, normally what I do at halftime. Yeah. Is I'll sit there and look at Twitter, just kind of to get the pulse of people are saying, right, right, you know, and and chat with my brothers. Maybe some friends will come over from other sides of the stadium. We'll chat. But I, yeah. I, I was like, I cannot sit here for twenty minutes and stew on this. So I yeah. left and walked around the concourses just to kill time. Because yeah. I didn't want to think about it. I was yeah. so upset. I knew the only way we can win is uh-huh. if we play an almost flawless second half at this point. And I'd resign yeah. myself that there's dude, there's no signs at that point that have pointed we would do that. So right. I was like I was dealing emotionally with the loss at that point, bargaining yeah. with myself, saying, Okay, it's okay. We have the Pac twelve title game next week. Gosh, right. it'll suck to go in eight and four instead of nine and three, but still pac twelve title game. Yeah. And it yeah. was it was terrible. Got back to our seats. I was like, okay, we need to score first touchdown, second half. Otherwise, it's over. What do we do on our first drive? Three and out. Yeah. Is it a three and out, or, or we got one first down and then didn't get another one. But it was oh. a short drive. Kicked it away. I was like, my gosh, this sucks. And I I, told, I turned to my friend, my brother's next to me. I was like, dude, it's over. Not only did mm-hmm. we not make this a game, they came up here, and they freaking kicked our trash, mm-hmm. right? And then the next, the next drive is where uh, – Wilson threw the pick six, the pick six yes. to Blackman. And that, it sucks.
0: I hated that. But when you watch Wilson all night, it, it could have been three pick sixes. He threw some dangerous balls. That's what I love and hate about him. He's a risk taker. Max Hall was a risk taker. He would try to thread the needle when it was ill-advised. Like Max Hall, I feel like he does have the arm and skills to get away with it a lot of the time. But it caught up to him once, and, and it hurt and that's the thing. I'm I known who he is and what I've read about him. I'm sure he's taking that really hard and personal. And you know, I mean, that's yeah. It, it sucked. I hate yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So the the thing is though, next drive, you guys go down, score a touchdown, make it twenty seven seven. So then again, I I didn't let myself get excited after the pick six because I knew we had such a long road and I knew our mm-hmm. offense hadn't done anything yet. You know, one pick we can't get five pick sixes. So yeah, yeah you, you, you guys can. go down. I've seen
0: that before. Wasn't that the Las Vegas Bowl? <laughs> it felt like five pick-sixes. I think between between the Las Vegas Bowl and the very next rivalry game, there was yeah. probably five pick-sixes between the two of those games. <laughs> okay, so you awful.
1: can, but not one game. See, it took right, two right, games. Right. Anyway, so then you go down, and you had that fourth down. I was like, we need to stop him here. You had that, that cool kind of... Heavy play where there's a bunch of fatties in there. and Oh, holy and, uh, cow, that was
0: amazing. I didn't catch that live. I caught that on the replay when uh, I believe it was Criddle that was breaking it down and was like, look at this personnel. And you got everybody on the field that never belongs in the field on that situation. And, the, I mean, when you watch that play in slow motion and see what each person is doing, that was a thing of beauty. I loved yeah, that play. That was pretty cool. It yeah.
1: was. So then you score, go 27-7, and then I turn to my brother again. I was like, literally the only way we'll win this is if we play perfect from here on out. And I don't see it. So, again, I'd I'd emotionally dealt with the loss. But we put a drive together. We scored. The the crazy thing is, if you would have told me the first time Utah offense enters the red zone is with one minute left in the third quarter, I would have bet my house that's not true. But that's the fact. They didn't enter the red zone on offense until one minute left in the third quarter. But Mm -hmm. they entered it. They scored a touchdown to Nakua over the middle, make it 27-14. And I thought, okay. Maybe, maybe we can pull this off. I was still was skeptical, but entering mm-hmm. the fourth quarter, we're down 13, and I thought, maybe we can pull this off. What were your yeah. thoughts as this, entering the entering the fourth? Uh, you
0: know, I don't want to act like I knew what was about to happen, but again, I've already told you, I, I kind of could see this unfolding. I felt like this is a movie I've seen before, and I don't know why I'm watching this movie again. You know, I, I felt like things were falling apart. I really did not have faith in the team. Even though the key injuries that were a turning point had not happened yet, I still just felt like this to to securely, safely be comfortable with this, I needed a bigger lead. It, it was not comfortable for me. Anybody yeah. can score. When you look at the quarter, a decent drive in a quarter, what's that, five minutes is like an average drive. So with one quarter left, Utah with two chances to not only tie the game but with a missed extra point, two chances, that's going to get them over the top. And I was like – Kind of like you saying they need to play perfect. I was just looking at the amount of time left saying, all right, we need both the defense to stop them and the offense to score. And I don't know, like the way Utah looks like they are angry and taking the game seriously now. Not that I don't always give them an excuse to say they weren't taking it seriously. I think they did show up. You know, you, BYU, like, credit them. They were good and they played legit. Utah seemed to be feeding on the energy, though. And I just felt like this quarter is too long. If, if the quarter was shorter or if we can just, I, we weren't there yet and I hated it.
1: Yeah. Well, we enter the fourth down 13 and it was, as the kids say, it was lit in that stadium, man. Yeah. People, every, every, every third down, the entire stadium was up on their feet. The people were dancing to the music, yelling, screaming. It was, it was seriously, it was crazy. Okay. So yeah. then the fourth quarter, Utah just, just dominated. They stopped the drives they back to back touchdown runs by Shine. Uh Shelley found open receivers on scrambles, took a lead with three minutes left. And then when we even when we took the lead, I didn't fully celebrate because I knew it was just a one point lead, three yeah. minutes left, but then when we stopped him on fourth down the next drive, and then Jason Shelley had his, his run to the corner, that's when I like let loose all yeah. my emotions yeah. and went freaking crazy. And it was I uh, dude, I've never seen a game like it in my life. It was insane.
0: I gotta make fun of your fans for a minute shelly shelly hurdles a dude and then all of a sudden on twitter people utah fans love making fun of by fans they're like oh a hurdle make a gif play it forever this is the best play of all time like they're making fun of us right how many freaking times have i seen that hurdle
1: this week you're doing exactly what you're making fun of (laughs) yep i love it dude (laughs) so go ahead and make
0: fun but you know you would do the same because you are doing the same it's like that
1: Jerry Seinfeld bit about you're cheering for laundry. You are cheering for and laundry. And that's the only difference. That's the only difference because you look at like punches, fake punches. Did punches really happen? Yeah. And when, it, when the tides are turned, you will defend the color of your shirt regardless oh, yeah. of what happened. And so that's the same type of thing. You know, people, we, we saw the, the Taysom Hill hurdle for years and years, you know. Yeah. And, and dude, this may get me in trouble with a lot of Ute fans, but I'll, I'll just <laughs> throw it out there. Taysom Hills was still better because oh, yeah, it happened. Yeah. It happened on a touchdown. I mean, right after you hurdle them, boom, he's in the end zone. It was against yeah. Texas, a bigger name than little old BYU, you know. <laughs> and I mean, it was more memorable. Still, it was cool. Yeah. Shelley looked cool doing it, but it didn't net yeah. us anything. We ended up punting, so it didn't net us anything other than a first down right. and a little bit of excitement. But I mean, it was it was it was cool, but still. Taysom's was, was more memorable. That
0: that was quite the hurdle. and it, I mean, that that was just an epic. Those Both of those Texas games, the second and third t- in the series, uh, among the most favorite memories, BYU football memories I have. Those were just amazing games throughout. Heck of an athlete. I mean, watching Taysom play, I miss watching him play. When he's at his prime, holy cow. Actually, I don't because I I'd still get to. He's doing a lot of cool stuff.
1: Yeah, so anyway. Um, Moving on. So, back to the game. So, Utah wins. Has I mean, literally, <clears throat> we had a 35-7 second half. Dude, yeah. that's freaking crazy. 35-7 to in the second half. Right. I, I mean, you score 35 and a half at any point. That's yeah. incredible. But to oh, do yeah. it when you have to score no matter what, every drive matters. Your back's against the wall. And here's the thing that, that's kind of – I mean, again, it's coming from a Utah perspective, but it kind of bothers me, is all we've heard is, oh, my gosh – BYU set because they have a freshman quarterback yeah, who yeah. finished the season. <laughs> yes. But, dude, the same token, we had a freshman quarterback that came off the bench with the south on the line and went 3-0 and and yeah. beat Oregon, who is a good team. They're 8-4, and four, beat BYU, who's a bowl team, and Colorado, who's not a good team, but it was in the snow. 3-0, and looked pretty good most of the time doing it, and he's getting, like, no run for it. All they're talking about is BYU's freshman quarterback when right. our freshman quarterback you know save the season and it has us in the freaking Pac-12 title game playing for the Rose Bowl so I it feels like that should get a little bit more run than it is but other than that it should you know both 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 quarterbacks have a bright future
0: I will chalk that up to like I usually do to the casual fan I feel like you know we have these different fan base metrics and And so there's no way to prove this, but I feel like there are far more BYU casual fans who will click on something because they're like, oh, I like BYU. And it sells. It's in the market where it sells. I don't know if Utah has as many casual fans that will be like, oh, I know that guy and want to read on him. You know, I mean, Zach Wilson, local kid, grew up around there. He maybe has a better draw online. So, yeah, Shelly has a bright future as well. I'll admit that. I mean, both. And... And you look at both teams. Both teams got a lot of freshmen that, that played a lot, so I'd say they're equal there. Another thing I want to point out too, because I've seen a lot of my fans, the BYU fan base, saying, "Well, if it weren't for the injuries, you know," and and they're right. I I think if Hadley and Kafusi both stay in all game, that's a different result. That being said, you can't play that game only on one side. There was so many times in the first half when we stopped Shine on a third down and. It, I don't want to dismiss that as nothing because I'm going to agree with uh, it was either Peterson or Leach that said any other program in the country or in the Pac-12, Shine is the starter. He just happens to be behind a really good running back. So stopping Shine, I don't want to poo-poo on that. That's a good thing. Great. But if Moss was there, he's getting the first downs that Shine isn't getting, and it's a different result there too.
1: Right. I had a conversation with a friend today about this, actually. They, they, they're they different runners, Moss yeah. is a little more patient. You'll see when Moss gets the ball, he'll kind of survey and then find the hole and hit it. Whereas Shine, I think, and I, I could, we could be wrong, but Shine gets the ball with an idea on which hole he's going in. And whether it's open yeah. or not, he's going for that hole. Whereas Moss, he is the most violent runner I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. And he gets hard yards that some backs I've never seen get. And so uh-huh. he is, he's a special, special guy. Yeah, so you're right. Injury-wise, we lost our starting quarterback and our best mm-hmm. player within a five-day span. That being said, Shine had a touchdown run against BYU that was incredible, To the yeah. one to go ahead, where yeah. he, he had three people trying to bring him down. He kept his feet churning. Then uh, your D-back, D-back, I think it was Guan Lokulu or whatever his name is, yeah. however you say his name, he Diane tried to get him at the goal line. And he, he made, I mean, he, it was a tough, tough run. So he had some good yeah. runs, but he's, as good as he is, you're right, he's he's still not the level of Zach Moss. So, I, I don't right, think
0: Utah c- would have had zero points at halftime. If if Moss was in the game. Watching those third downs and watching BYU step up against Shine, I I think that was the difference right there. Now Huntley, yeah, you you lose the guy who's a better quarterback. I don't know if that's as big of a difference. You can only play one quarterback at a time and you can't pick out things Shelley did wrong where you'd say Huntley wouldn't have done that wrong. So yeah, that that one hurts, but I don't know if it's a real difference maker. The running back I I think is. So you know, but again, you can't just play that game on one side. Injuries, I mean let the chips fall where they may.
1: Because there, there's years, I look at specifically 2012, where John White sat, didn't play. We had Jarrell Oliver starting, for crap's sake. Uh, yeah. We had John Hayes, who literally, a month before the season was starting, was Division Three quarterback. Yeah. Um, we had, Bleckin was out, Eric Rowe was out. So we had injuries before, and you, dude... You can't play the injury card. Like Wit, Wit. There's one thing I love about Wit. Okay, he has his shortcomings, but he never he takes blame for everything, and he never (laughs) places blame on something else. He'll always say, "You know what? The other team doesn't care." They smell blood in the water. It doesn't matter. You line up and you play. And that's one thing I love about him is he'd never use his injuries as an excuse. Uh, At the
0: same time, you know, I'd heard people pointing out on the pick six, there was pass interference before he intercepted it. And and I'm not going to say there was or there wasn't, but there was a lot going both ways all night. So that's another game you can't really play.
1: I kind of liked it, actually, because, dude, going through an entire Pac-12 season, the refs are freaking horrible and call everything. This game had, if I recall correctly, like – Four total penalties or something. So they let him play, which I like a lot better. I would rather have stuff questionable that doesn't get called than questionable that does get called. That's when it's freaking
0: infuriating. It it was an enjoyable game to watch. I agree with you. I I thought the officiating crew. Somewhere out there, I don't know if I've even done this rant before, there is somewhere a football game that is the most perfectly officiated game of all time. Huh. Have you have you heard me go off on this? No, and and it's here's new. the thing, because you think about it and and nobody knows what it is, but if you can rank every game according to how well or how poorly it was officiated, some game is real and exists and was the best officiated game ever out there, and I don't think the fans even appreciate that.
1: Oh oh, so it's not a real thing. This is just the no, fact that is, it that it this exists. Is just
0: like this is me getting way out into like. <laughs> Theoretical okay, physics. I, I and thought stuff some like,
1: that. like website had had posted like the something <laughs> like the might. Two, They might, but yeah, I dude. Can no, see you're that right. In the future. You're, you're right because it's like anything else with human nature. You just you just complain when things don't go your way. When they do, there's no complaining. Or you know, speaking of players punching each other, here's a study that changed my life. And I learned this in,
0: in a college psychology class where they had a bunch of people designed to do simple tasks. And one of them that I remember was you take a nut and you thread it onto a bolt. And then you take it and do it on the other one up and down like five different times. And then you would compensate the people for participating in the survey. And they had a little questionnaire. And they made it so uh, disassociated that people didn't recognize what was actually being tested. And they found that people who were paid $100 to move this little nut up and down the bolts they answered questions that would indicate that they did not like doing boring things that were mundane, that that was very hard for them. People that were paid like $2 for the same thing, they answered questions that indicated that, you know, that's relaxing to them. They like seeing things happen and, and like – and so what that tells you from a psychological standpoint is – people always have to make the world okay in their mind. So if you get paid a lot of money to do something, it must be that it was unpleasant. And if you get paid very little, that must be because you enjoy it. And so when you see that on the field, this is where it ties into football. When you see somebody that's going for a fumble, like trying to knock the ball loose even though the quarterback is on his back on the ground and the play was dead two seconds ago, and he hits and he actually hits the ground, but you know his fist hits the ground but his elbow makes contact in the stomach and the quarterback jerks his knee, this is as classic as a case where I can see you will find what you want to find. And the thing that we all have to justify to ourselves, this is a big thing we have made a huge huge investment in who we love and we've done it publicly we've put out there i am a byu fan and i am a utah fan so there's a lot on the line here and we need to make that right and the way we want to make that right is we want our our guy to be the good guy and so you see the same play of bernard and wilson and a maybe punch and he hits the ground but wilson flinches was he going for the ball the play was over two seconds over and we hate each other about it because we don't understand how the other person sees it so wrong
1: but it's all That's about threading dude. that bolt. You know, we've always got to make it right mm-hmm. in our own minds. Dude, you would like, uh, you maybe you read them already. Do you read any Malcolm Gladwell books? I do not. You should recommend dude, you've one got to, me, to I I'll, I'll, I'll text you later some good books. Okay. Um, the Tipping Point. Uh is one it's a lot of like the social or the social things like you mentioned he he cites tons of studies in the books and i know i'm gonna misquote one here but really quickly there was it's called the broken window theory um Uh where um dude i i don't even remember but i'm gonna give it a shot oh no it was it was the subway so the subway system in new york they had like thousands of murders a year there and uh they they hired some guy to clean it up and fix it and he mm-hmm. completely changed the culture to where they're averaging like two or three murders a year. And mm-hmm. all he did, the only thing he changed was he painted over the graffiti every night. That's it. That's oh, the really? only thing he changed. And psychologically, it changed it to to somehow, I don't know. I can't remember now, and I'm totally screwing it up. I but could that was see the only that. thing he changed. Yeah. You, you and and it changed thug, all the murders.
0: You would feel like you're out of place and you can't get away with it, right? If you're the thug, well, you'd be like, this right.
1: isn't my environment. Right, and he would let – he would let see, he, his theory too was that people want their graffiti seen, right? So they'd yeah. paint all day their graffiti. He'd take the trains at night, paint over the trains so it would never get seen after uh-huh. all the graffiti was painted on it. And everything looked clean and pristine, and it just yeah. eventually they, they moved out. Anyway, I'll text yeah. you these books. There, there's some really good books that if you like that study, there's books that are all about that. And pretty cool. Freakonomics is another book that's like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, so we will we'll save that for your Best Book Brother podcast. This yeah. is football.
0: Sponsored by Best Book Brothers. If you enjoy <laughs> yeah. if you enjoy my random non sequiturs that have to do with like psychological studies and not football, join me on Best Book Brothers. <laughs> we're gonna talk Here about go. poetry next time. It's gonna be awesome. I wrote yeah. a poem. You have to go there to hear my poem though.
1: Okay, I'll go there. I'll subscribe. Okay, All right. so we're already we're already at forty minutes. People are probably getting bored with us. <laughs> so let's talk about preview games this week. Yes. Who who do you guys got? Uh,
0: we have uh, the recruiting trail, and we're going to be hitting it really hard because we can, because we don't have a game to prepare for. So we're going to get out there, and we're going to put our nose to the grindstone, and we are going to recruit, recruit, recruit. And then BYU fans are going to embarrass me because they're going to start tweeting at recruits saying, oh,
1: man, you really got to go here. And you should not tweet at recruits. You should never tweet at recruits. I agree. I've I've caught up in it once or twice where I've said, like, congratulations or – Something yeah. you know like that, but you're right. Anyone that tweets at them to try and convince them where to go, if you do that and you're listening to this podcast, you're a loser. I'm sorry, you really are. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you're probably. Not, I know you're a good guy. I'm sorry. I don't want to alienate listeners. You're a good guy, but that's a loser. Uh, Misguided. Tactic. Misguided. Yes. Here's the okay. Thing.
0: So I, yeah, just don't. Let's save that for off-season banter.
1: Yeah. Okay. So our game this week, we do have a game. Fortunately. Oh really? Let me check, who, you, let who are you me playing see, this let week? Me see. Hold on. Let me check. Pull it up. Okay. Okay. We are in the Pac-12 Championship Game, baby. Boom! I have been champ- waiting. Is that what? Is that like a like a poker thing or something or like a pack a pack? No, no. Let me explain. So what happens is <laughs> two, when there's 12 teams, they are kind of co- a coalition. They call it a conference. You Like a wolf pack. Is. I got it. The wolf yeah, pack. Yeah. Championship. The wolf pack. Exactly. So we have. The Pac-12 championship game this week against Washington. Okay, the big talk last week was who would you rather play, Washington or Washington State? Yes. And my theory was I would rather play Washington for a couple reasons. Wazoo, their quarterback, they throw four or 500 yards a game, right? Yeah. And our weakness on defense – is occasionally the pass defense. I'm not going to pick out a player because he had a good, awesome game against BYU, but I yeah. had nightmares of that guy being picked on again because that's who beat us last time was Wazoo yeah. beat that guy to beat us. Anyway, we we match up better with Washington, and Jake Browning, if you can rattle him, he's mediocre. Yeah. He, he's the all-time winning quarterback at Washington, and he holds a lot of records, but when he gets rattled, he's, he's not that good. And I think we can rattle him and shut down their run game to the point where we can we can handle them. Gaskins run for over 100 yards, I think, three of the four times against us. Uh, but I, I think we can I think we can kind of game plan around that, and I think we can we can rattle Browning, and I think we can beat them. I think we match up better with them. Our games against them are always really good. This last one, the score was 21-7, but it was closer than the score looked. Last year it was 30 to 30 up in Washington until wit called the timeout and we lost 33-30 in mm-hmm. the year before was two ranked teams in the top 15 and we were tied with 4 minutes left and Washington had a punt return for a touchdown so we always play them tough so i think uh, i think second time around I think we can. I think we can get them. I think we can uh, rattle Browning. Our offense is totally different than what it was last time we played them. For one, mm-hmm. we don't have Huntley or Moss, right? They're gone. Right. And we played them last time. And Shelly's just been—he's been steady. He's been a gamer. He hasn't been spectacular where he throws for 300 yards, but he doesn't make mistakes. He mm-hmm. hasn't thrown a pick in three of his starts. He hasn't done anything really stupid to kind of get us out of games. And so I think uh, I think we can go in have a have a decent offensive game plan. Uh, with TJ Green, Shine, uh, kind of maybe attack the edges, get Covey out in space, and I think we can win this thing, baby. I, my prediction is a game under the 30s, 27-24, Utah.
0: Ooh, I like it. I, uh, I see a couple potential problems. Uh, the one, I, I think the injury to Moss – d- tell me – you may, I don't know if you have the numbers ahead of you. The run defenses that Shine has gone up against and, and done well – how does how does Washington's rushing defense compare to theirs? Oh, it's it's much better. It'll be the
1: best defense we play.
0: Yeah. I I think that if Utah trips up, it will be on that. I don't think they'll be able to get the offense clicking quite as efficiently as they have in previous games. And given they've done really well, and this is a self-own here. I'm going to go ahead and do a self-own. They haven't been playing as good of teams lately. You know, Moss, I'm a little more confident in him running against good defenses. Shine, I think in a lot of ways, is untested in the offensive line around Shine against a better rushing defense, so... I don't know. I think it's going to be close. I do think Utah is going to come out focused, you know, the same way. And we all kind of make fun of this, that Utah being BYU Super Bowl. Like, I'll write it. I don't know why it's cool right now to make fun of somebody by writing every other letter is capitalized and every other letter is lowercase. Sponge like,
1: SpongeBob. Did but SpongeBob, SpongeBob like, tweet or something?
0: Or was that on an episode?
1: I, I don't know. SpongeBob did something where he mocked somebody. And and then he, every other cap, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like (laughs) ultimate sarcasm. It's like saying Utah's going to, BYU's going to beat Utah. And I'm like, oh, you know, BYU's going to beat Utah. So
0: this is is that, you know, Utah is BYU's Super Bowl. This is me not saying that seriously. I'm making fun of you for saying that. But Seriously, though, BYU got up for that game. Utah looks at this Pac 12 championship game, something they've never done. You know, BYU is looking at this, something we've never done in our last seven tries. Utah's looking at this, something we've never had the chance to do. I do believe they will show up focused. Talent wise, I think the talent gap and experience gap will catch up to them. I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got you. Uh, but no, I think they're about focus, and I think they're going to make it a game. I think it's within a score, at least within ten. You know, I don't. Whoever wins, I think it's going to be. And I'll just, you know, just to be your adversary here. I'm going to say Washington 28, Utah 23.
1: Okay, and and to your point, I don't think Utah intentionally said we're overlooking BYU. Boom. Right. You know. Right. But the fact of the matter is the week leading up to the BYU game was the week we had just found out we won the south, right? Oh, so yeah, whether they sure. were they had, whether they were focusing every practice on BYU, I'm sure they were, but in their uh-huh. minds they also thought, okay, in a week and a half we're going to play at Washington now, and they would ask <clears throat> they would ask questions about winning the south. So you can't help but have your your attention diverted a little bit even. Right. Well, that as well as you start to buy into what you hear over and over and over.
0: And you've got, I mean, they're athletes. They're on Twitter. They've got all their alumni out there that's like, yeah, we don't lose to these guys. And they see, you know, all the NFL guys are like, oh, go get it this week. And and they start to buy into the fact that this is just something that can't happen. And it will happen someday. But I, I feel like first half, if they came out flat, it wasn't so much that they overlooked them. I think that they were just overconfident.
1: Absolutely. I think I think that's part of it, dude. I think you know, they were overconfident, and they also knew in the back of their mind. I mean, they were asked questions at, at the same press conference about BYU, right. about also, hey, you won the South. How does it feel? Who are you excited to play Washington? So no matter what, their, their attention was divided. It really was. And that's mm-hmm. not saying, oh, they just said, oh, we're overlooking BYU. But I think internally it happened naturally from like you said all the peripheral noise and so they they just we just weren't as focused but I think for the Washington game we will be because like you said this means everything to the Utah program and that's why I told a couple of my friends I think that's another reason why we 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 beat them is because Washington they were expecting a playoff berth this year they didn't yeah. get it so this yeah. while it's still kind of exciting it's not what they were goal their goal was you know mm-hmm. they were in the Rose Bowl two years ago I think it was or, yeah. No, they're in the playoff two years ago. Anyway, so they've they've had a lot of success lately. This is a, a high watermark for Utah in the Pac-12. They yeah. have wanted a Pac-12 South title and a shot at the Rose Bowl forever. My whole freaking life, I've to go to the Rose Bowl. It, yeah. it means everything to the players, to the coaches, to the fans, to the administration. Mm. And that's why I think Utah's going to be super amped and super ready for this game. Maybe to the point where like they, they make a few mistakes because they're over-amped. But right. one thing's for sure, they, won't, they will not come out flat in this game. I can promise you that. Whereas Washington might, because they've owned us, they've beat Mm -hmm. us four straight times, and they beat us earlier this year. And like I said, they were hoping for a playoff game. So I I think that's going to play in our favor.
0: It's a difference in the hunger. There is a hunger difference.
1: Yep. Go right. get it, Utah. And, and like I yes, said before,
0: sir. when I think about all the good things about the BYU fans sending Utah fans there and the Utah fans sending other less fortunate Utah fans there, there's a lot of good to go around, and I'm I'm not going to be mad if Utah wins. I'm going to think of those deserving people that need some joy in their life, and I will celebrate with you. I'm, I'm not right. as opposed to Utah as I had been in the past. This is this is That a cool is thing. very kind of
1: you. Speaking
0: yes. of goodwill, I've got two sponsors this week I want to shout out. You, yes, sir. You can't see this because you can't see my socks right now, but I am wearing my Hayes Tough socks go to okay. Hayes tough the the Hayes tough organization Steve Tate uh about this time of year two years ago is when uh little Hayes passed away uh mm-hmm. since then it's been a remarkable amount of good done in his name and in his honor and it's awesome and yeah. I'm proud to wear these socks these are stance socks these are awesome socks if you want Hayes tough socks you will not regret it uh I can't remember how much. it was like under 25 bucks with shipping and everything uh but they're sweet so go get you some socks to support the Hayes tough foundation
1: awesome yeah they're dude you're right man it's been a uh... He's written a book about it, and a lot of good has happened. And, dude, you always hate—you hate both of us being parents, just mm-hmm. the thought of that happening to one of our children. I—I I don't know how I'd handle it. I—I I don't know how I couldn't handle it. And you never yeah. want to see anything like that happen. So, your heart goes out to anybody who's suffering with that with any disease like that. But yeah, it, it does help a lot of kids um, in, in with this foundation. So, awesome. Glad they're sponsoring this program.
0: Yes. Okay, second one, since you're already listening and you're already in that frame of mind, the Freedom Hikers. This is something I'm going to start talking a lot more about on my Instagram. I'm joining this group. It benefits RescueFreedom.com. You can find Freedom Hikers or Rescue Freedom on Instagram. And what we do is we go out there, we enjoy nature, we love that, but we raise awareness and we raise funds for this organization that ends human trafficking. Slavery is at an all-time high. It kind of feels like slavery ended a long time ago, but we don't realize this epidemic that's going on worldwide, where women are just kidnapped and sold as sex slaves all over this world. It's one of the most egregious wrongs in human history, and it's going on right now. So I love this organization because this is where we can do something about it. We can shut these things down, and we can help those that need to escape and that need their freedom back. So it's all about freedom for those that need it. RescueFreedom.com and the Freedom Hikers on Instagram.
1: Awesome. Awesome cause, man. And that's what we're all about, man. We're all about good. Like you said, man, we're about good causes, we're about being good people. It's that time of year, the holidays, where you can always look for somebody who needs a little extra care, a little extra attention, a little extra love, and find someone to help. You know,
0: be the good and see the yes. good.
1: Yes, indeed. All right, my man. Well, we will. I guess we can have a a, a championship recap next week, maybe. Yeah. And then, and then right, we'll uh, see. And then we'll have bowl bowl uh bowl slots should be known by then. So let's do that. We'll do it next week. We'll yeah. and we'll talk about where our bowl predictions and where we're going and all that and we'll go from there but I want to thank all of our all of our loyalists man our loyal listeners you guys are the best we'll talk to you next week go utes
0: go cougars